whether it be book form or whether it be in tablet form. I'm going to give you a lot of exercise in the day today, so you're going to get to turn pages quite a bit. <clears throat> you know, as, uh, as we spend our days raising our families and working and bring, making a living, we might get an opportunity to hear a little bit of the 6 o'clock news so that we can hear the world and national events. And we might get a smattering of the 10 o'clock news to hear the local events. And in the process, we may pick up some information and just bits and pieces of it. And we may think that what we're hearing is the truth, and we hope it is. Now, as a retired person, I have opportunity to listen to a lot more news. In fact, someone, my wife might even call me a news junkie now. But I don't take it just from the 6 o'clock news and from the 10 o'clock news. I get my news from other sources. Because the, the mainstream media tells us what they want us to hear and proclaims the truth that they want us to know. And I don't know if you've paid attention to what happened back on, I think it was January the 22nd of this year. But the state, the New York State Legislature passed the law allowing for abortion up until the very final moment of birth. Third trimester abortion. And when that thing was signed into law, and when that thing signed into law, the legislature stood up and applauded because they thought they had done a really great thing. I'm going to read to you what the governor said. In the face of a federal government intent on rolling back Roe v. Wade and women's reproductive rights, I promised that we would enact this critical legislation within the first 30 days of the new session, and we got it done, he said. I am directing that New York's landmarks be lit in pink to celebrate this achievement and shine a bright light forward for the rest of the nation to follow. And when he's made that statement, they stood up and applauded. And the new, new tower was lit up in pink. The law removes all legal protections for unborn children and allows non-doctors to perform abortions. Why am I bringing this subject up? <clears throat> First place you're going to turn is chapter or Psalm chapter 106. Psalm 106 beginning verse 36. And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Indeed, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. Now, this idols of Canaan is Baal. And the land, and the land was polluted with blood. We have come to the point, and I'm marveled by the fact, one nation under God, indivisible. 
a nation founded under the direction of God, who says we have been endowed by our Creator the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How is it that a nation such as that has fallen this far? Why have we now come to the point where people applaud infanticide? Why is it that they can justify, why is it we as a nation can now justify the killing of our progeny in the womb right up to the moment of birth? Following on the heels of that, in less than a week's time, the state of Virginia proposed a bill to take care of a problem with uh, abortions that went wrong. And they said that if an abortion went wrong, in other words, the baby was delivered, that that baby would be made comfortable until the mother and the doctor decided what they were going to do with that abortion, aborted baby. This is something that tears my heart out. That we have reached the point in a nation where we can, without reservation, say it's okay to murder our children. God said right here, because you sacrificed. And this is no different than Baal worship described about the people of Canaan. It's the very same thing. It's the sacrifice of innocent blood. In Proverbs chapter 6, it says there's six, six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are abomination to him. Number three on that list is hands that shed innocent blood. If God hates it, you think he's going to dismiss it when we okay it? It was for this very reason that God brought the enemies of Israel in to disrupt them because they had began to do these practices themselves. If we think the Old Testament is something that doesn't happen today, we're wrong. This is repeat performance. This has been going on since the Tower of Babel. In fact, it's been going on even before this. The first evidence of it came in the book of Genesis. When Abel offered up the sacrifice of the animals to God... And Cain offered up a sacrifice of grains to God. And God was displeased with Cain's offering, and he rejected it. And Cain got upset and mad. And God says, why are you so upset? Do right. You'll be okay. Well, Cain took it upon himself. He says, all right, God, you want a blood sacrifice? I'll give you a blood sacrifice. And so he killed his brother offered up his brother as a blood sacrifice. How did we get to this point? That's what my sermon's about today. How did we get to this point? Well, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. I'm going to show you how we got to this point. The book of Ezekiel. We're going to go to chapter 24. I'm going to have a little history lesson today, but I'm going to show you why we're at this point today. Ezekiel chapter 24. 
Everybody there? Beginning with verse 12. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You, I'm reading out of the NIV, by the way. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, emerald, chrysolite, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth, and I made a spectacle of you before kings. And by your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you, and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching And all the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. The description here in Ezekiel says this is written to the king of Tyre. This was written to the king of Tyre so that we can understand one thing. Who do you think the covering cherub is? The covering cherub's name was Lucifer. Lucifer was created with the beauty that was described here. He was the covering cherub. In other words, he was the one who was anointed by God to be the director, the pointer of all the music and the angels. He was right there at the throne of God. He is the one who had the authority. Now, he had it made, by the way. He's right there at the throne of God, and he was in charge. But there was something happened to him. This is sometime in eternity past. I don't know when. I can't give you a date. I have no idea. But he was created by God for the purpose of directing God's choral music and the angels that surrounded the throne of God. But it says, iniquity was found in his heart. That iniquity says that I will ascend to the throne of God. I will be like the Most High. Pride. The pride that disturbs all of us. And so that pride brought him to a point where God says he cast him to the ground. These last few verses have not occurred yet. These are prophetic words. We see that casting the ground. We see that in the book of Revelation. And we see him destroyed by fire in the book of Revelation. So this all hasn't, this has not all transpired yet. But this is prophetic word. All right, we know where the the beginning was. This place of authority that he had. Now, let's go forth and see what happens. 
Go to Genesis chapter 1. Remember, this took place in times past. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. The most magnificent creation of God was man. He created man to rule over, to have authority over this entire earth. He put him in the Garden of Eden to tend to it. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, indicating there was going to be progeny. There's going to be further generations. And the intent was that man would rule with authority on this earth and continue that through the time period that God gave for his creation, which is 7,000 years. 7,000. We read the six days of creation. And we read the fact that there are 7,000 years. We read the fact that the last 1,000 years will be ruled and reigned on this earth by Jesus Christ. So 6,000 of those years, which we've almost accomplished, have come to pass. But God gave man the authority to run his creation. Get the point, authority. I want you to notice the word authority. Lucifer had authority in heaven. He lost it. God gave that authority to man when he, when he created man. Now we go to Genesis chapter 3. Verses 22 through 24. We know the story about how, how Eve was tempted and how Adam went along with her. We know this story pretty well, do we not? Do I have to go over that? But we go to verse 22 through 24. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Man had fell prey to the subtle words of the serpent. Now, remember the description that was given to Lucifer, how beautiful he was? The serpent walked upright. Eve had no problem conversing with the serpent. The serpent was beautiful, very appealing, because he was inhabited by the devil, by Lucifer. And so Lucifer beguiled Eve. She gave in to the temptation. And in the process, did you turn on the fans, please? And in the process, the authority that was given to man now went into the hands of the devil. God gave that authority for man to rule for the entire time of creation. But now man handed that authority over to the devil. And so the, how do I know that? 
Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to start on verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, and then he gave him three temptations. Go to verse 8 and 9. Again, the devil took him up into a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Indicating right there that Lucifer, the devil, had authority over all the kingdoms of the earth. Why? Because man had relinquished it when he sinned against God. And so now the devil has the authority to do what he wants in all the kingdoms of the world. Are you following this so far? That authority will continue until a certain time and certain event takes place. When Jesus died on the cross... He received the go-ahead to take that authority back because he came as the Son of Man. And because he was the Son of Man and because he was faithful, he resisted the temptation of the devil here. He says, all you had, the devil says, all you got to do is bow down and worship me. I'll give you all the authority. It's yours. You just have to worship me. In other words, Jesus would have had to compromise his position. And he refused. But only three and a half short years later, he received that authority back because of his willingness to go to the cross as the Son of Man to die in you and my place. And in the process, he received that authority. But he has not exercised that in the earth yet. Because there was a lease. You could think of it as a lease. God leased out this earth for 7,000 years. He gave it to man. Man gave it up. Gave it to the devil. The devil tempted Jesus to take it back by bowing down to him. But Jesus didn't do it. But Jesus received the authority to take it back by dying on the cross. Now, I'll show you why it still continues. Revelation chapter 13. Verses 1 and 2. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon, that's another description for Lucifer, another description for devil or Satan. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. 
What happened here? You see what's happened? The authority that God gave man in the Garden of Eden that man handed over to the devil, the devil has had that authority over the kingdoms of the earth up and through this time. In the time of Revelation, the devil gives that authority back to a man, the man we call Antichrist. Gave it back to a man. Now, what happens? What do we know happens to the Antichrist at the end of tribulation? When Jesus comes back in all his glory, it says that this man, this Antichrist, is destroyed by the brightness of his coming. And so when the devil gave the authority back to man, he gave it back where God intended it, but it went to the wrong man. It went to the Antichrist. But the Antichrist got destroyed. And in the process, the Son of Man who had received the authority at the cross of Calvary has now, because he has taken our place as the Son of Man, has received back that authority. And that authority allows him to rule and reign for a thousand years on this earth to complete the lease of this 7,000 year creation. You see the process? Do you understand that? I hope you understand that because it explains why we are facing what we're facing today. And I just used the process, I just used the description of abortion. I could have used the description of child trafficking. I could have used the description of, of opioid use. I could use the description of the LGBT. PQR community. I could use any one of those because they're all a result of the authority that is operating in this earth right now, the authority of the devil. You understand that? You've got to understand that because that's why we're facing what we're facing today. The authority of the kingdoms of this earth and all of them are under the authority, as Ephesians say, of spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers, with principalities, with the rulers of darkness of this world, of spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are the four authorities that rule this world's kingdoms. And thus we see what's going on in our nation and around the world. What are we going to do about it? Can we do anything about it? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Go to verse 24. Remember I said that Jesus received that authority back at the cross of Calvary because he took our place as the Son of Man. Verse 24 says, 
Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, all authority, and all power. When Jesus received back that authority and he exercises as the Son of Man during the millennial reign of, of, of his reign, then when that time is completed, he returns that authority back to God his Father from where it came in the first place. Remember, God gave authority to Lucifer. Lucifer lost that authority. God then gave that authority to man. Man lost that authority, gave it back to Lucifer. Lucifer continued up and through today. We're still facing him. He gives it back to a man during the tribulation. The man forfeits that right because the, with the brightness of his coming, when Jesus comes, he's destroyed. And because he's the Son of Man, he has that authority then to complete the lease agreement on this world. All right. Do you understand why we are facing these things this day? It's because of authority. Now, I'm going to read something else to you, just in case you don't think that I know what I'm talking about as far as the devil's authority. <clears throat> the First World War must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergencies caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the British and the Germanic empires will be used to foment this war, and at the end of the war, communism will be built and be used to destroy the other governments and in order to weaken the religions. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascist and the political Zionist. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and that the political Zionism is strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine. During the Second World War, international communism must become strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would then be restrained and held in check until the time when he would need it for the final social cataclysm. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. This war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and political Zionism mutually destroy each other. Do we see that going on today? Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilist and the atheist, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and the most bloody turmoil. The multitude disillusioned with Christianity will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer brought finally out in the public view. What did I describe at the beginning? Being brought out in public view. This will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. 
Now, what's so significant about this? Penned August the 15th, 1871. You see, the forces of darkness already have planned out what they're going to do to this world. Lucifer thinks he's got this thing in hand. He thinks he is going to be the ruler of this entire planet that God created. He just doesn't realize that he's just not as smart as God. He's already come about with two world wars, just exactly as explained here in this paper in 1871. And World War III is being set up just exactly as being described here in this paper, written in 1871. So if it was penned in 1871, these plans were already in place. Who directed it? Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Verses 15 and 16. What shall we say then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. May it never happen. God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now, you and I have been given free will by the Almighty God. That free will is for one purpose. To decide who we're going to serve. Are we going to serve the forces of darkness, which is sin unto death? Or are we going to serve the living God, which is unto righteousness? We get to choose. But if the devil now is controlling all the kingdoms of this earth, are we going to subject ourselves to him? Are we going to be servants to God? That is our question. That's what we have to answer. These things are going to show themselves. It already said it is. They're going to become evident. And when you read the book of, of Revelation, you see what happens in tribulation. It is the most despicable, ugly, horrific description of anything that could take place. And God says, if that time was not shortened, there would no human flesh even exist. Because because of the mercy and grace of God, that time will be shortened so that man can continue to exist in the world that God created for him. Now, the title of my sermon is Two Wisdoms and Two Authorities. I've given you the two authorities. Let's go look at the two wisdoms. Go to James chapter 3. This is the book I call the Hammer Gospel. If the first four Gospels written didn't get to you, this this one will. Go to chapter 3. 
We're going to be dealing now with the two wisdoms. Chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. So where does bitter envy and strife come from? The wisdom of this world, who is directed by, under the authority of, help me out, that's right. So we got to ask ourselves, who are we serving? I have to look right here and say, who am I serving? How do I know? How do I know who I'm serving? Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Verse 16, actually verse 15, Peter said, explain the parable to us. Jesus says, are you still so dull? Jesus asked him, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make a man unclean. Okay, we just saw in the book of James two wisdoms. Earthly wisdom, which brings about evil strife and envy. And a description that Jesus just gave here about what comes out of a man's heart. And it also talked about heavenly wisdom, which is peaceful and pure and peace-promoting. So we ask ourselves, we look in our hearts and say, who am I serving? How can I know what authority I'm serving and what wisdom I am exercising? It's plain as day. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Just in case it's not plain as day, go to Galatians chapter 5.
beginning verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God because who is directing those activities? Ruler of this world. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faith, humility, and self-control. I need to examine my heart. What fruit is being produced by me? Whose authority? Well, we can tell by what comes out of our mouth on a regular, ongoing, daily situation. Maybe not just a one-time blurt, but what comes out of our mouth consistently? Do we bring forth words that are uplifting? Do we bring forth words that are encouraging? Do we bring forth words of praise for God? Do we bring forth words that draw people to him or the words drive people away from God do we cut people to the ground by slandering them by gossiping about them by talking bad about them by belittling them if we want to know who we're serving if we want to know what authority directs us all we have to do is examine what comes out of our mouth on a regular Every day, ongoing situation. Go to Ephesians, chapter 6. Beginning verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The one that's ruling the kingdom of this world. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our war is not with each other. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the spiritual wickedness of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where our fight is. That's where it has to come. I cannot go to these people who stood up and clapped their hands and say, you're wrong, you're going to hell because of what you believe and because what you've applauded and what you've come to bring about past, they're just going to dismiss me. But if the fruit of the Spirit is living in me and the authority that I operate under is the, is the authority of God, I can go to my knees and I can pray that their hearts would be enlightened to the gospel of Christ. I can stand up. I can go on a protest. 
with a group of believers just like myself and present to them the gospel of Christ and the possibility and the probability, hopefully, the, that they would accept that notion and let their hearts be pricked and see how wrong they are and what authority they are operating under. Just like Eve was beguiled by the serpent in the garden, so those people have been beguiled by the gospel of this world, the wisdom of this world. And they believe with their whole heart that they're doing right. They believe that they are standing up for the rights of women, for the health of women. They believe that. That's why they applauded it. But they are guided and directed by the authority of the devil. And those words that come out of their mouth indicate that. Remember I read back in Psalm 106 that because we offer our sons and daughters to idols that the land is polluted. It's going to happen here. God's already bringing judgment on this world. I read that before in one of the uh, prophecies. I want to read I want to read an encouraging message to you. Because actually what I've had to say is probably pretty discouraging. The Spirit of God says, America, America, oh how I love you. America, America, oh how I have chosen you. For as England was to the D-Day invasion, so shall America be to my end time harvest. For England was the headquarters, the hub from which the D-Day assault was launched. So shall it be for my America for the end harvest. Whereas England had men, women, equipment, food, money, weapons, and supplies of all kinds which poured in from all over the world, so shall all these things pour into my chosen America. America, I have chosen you as the launching platform for the worldwide assault on the spiritually oppressed people of the world. People will say, how are we chosen? (laughs) It's as if America is frozen. Am I not the God of the universe and all creation? I have heard the cries of my people that have sought my face, and I will heal their nation. People will ask how, and he goes on to tell how. Even though it's coming to the forefront now, even though we see them standing up and plotting the murder of babies, even though this evil is so evident... God says he's making a move in this world, and the launching platform is here. Now, how can it be here? It can be here because his people hear his words and his instruction and understand by the authority that we work. What authority by we work? We have worked by the authority of God through his son, Jesus Christ. The authority already was given to him at the cross of Calvary. And because you and I have received Him as our Lord and Savior, we have that same authority. And we do not have to be subject to the authority of the kingdoms of this world. you get my point? Do you understand what I'm saying? He has called us to be in His army, to go forth in battle. Does that mean go blow up abortion clinics and run over people who do it? That isn't what that means. 
It means to take this gospel message to a world who is blinded by the authority of the kingdoms of this world. And they do not understand the authority that they can have in God. Jesus says, fear not. I have overcome the world. Go to 1 John. That's the little book in the back. 1 John chapter 4. Beginning verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is ready, already in the world. And how do we know who the Antichrist is? Because of what he says. Because of the fruits of his labor. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Overcome whom? The spirits. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. What did we just say? You can tell by what they say. God listens to us. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Go on to chapter 5. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not grievous. For everyone born of God has over Come the world. You hear it? Everyone who's born of God has overcome the world. And if you want a better description, has overcome the world system, has overcome the kingdoms of this world run by the devil. That's our good news. Just said right here, they're not going to listen to us. We can burn down their. Abortion clinics all day and we can run over the doctors all day long. It's not going to accomplish a thing. They won't listen to us. The only thing that they're going to listen to is the Spirit of God if He can penetrate their hardened hearts. If He can make them realize the authority that they need to be under. We are servant either to sin and to death or we are servant to obedience and to righteousness. you understand the good news in this? 
We do not have to be subject. We have to live in the world that is subject to the devil, the authority of the devil, but we do not have to be under his authority. We are under the authority of the living God. If you need to make a decision today about whose authority you recognize, if you need to repent of sin, if you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I have good news that in the process of doing so, you will put yourself under the authority of God. And in the process, as John read, you have overcome the world. All right? Any questions or comments? Been pretty tough. And it's good news at the end, right? <laughs> Father, we thank you. Thank you for eternal life that you gave us through your Son, Jesus Christ, who willingly went to the cross to regain that authority for us, to regain that authority that allows us to receive Him as our Lord and Savior, that authority that we exercise as children of God, that authority that allows us to pray against the evils of this world. And may we see your words come to pass that you have chosen us. We've chosen this nation to be the launching point for your worldwide ministry that's going to harvest over a billion souls. And may we desire to be part of that. May we desire to be part of your army that goes forward carrying this gospel message. We thank you. We love you because you first loved us, just like John wrote to us. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.